senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife's podcast. What the fuck are you laughing at? Stripper glitter. <laughs> About two minutes ago, Amanda pointed out something on my face. Then again, this is the same Amanda that this morning is wiping frantically at my nose. I'm like, that's a freckle. That's been there the whole fucking time. Are we really going to start like this? I drink. We've just started <laughs> Welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. Uh, I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is uh, episode 19. Uh, this is going to sound weird uh, out of the gate because we're not in our normal uh, studio. We are at an undisclosed location. We're in a bunker deep underground. A deep underground bunker because um, we actually have uh, guests for the first time, uh, longtime contributors to uh, our main website, uh, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Uh Trebuchet. Hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi. This is a radio show. Oh, we're show. on. You oh, can... okay. He speaks. <laughs> Trebuchet and uh, and Pixie Sticks. Hello. And uh, those are their real names. As a matter, they're not in witness protection or anything. Not at all. No. <laughs> they're not selling crack out of the back of this fucking place to. It's meth, goddamn. The local school children. We're totally not in the backwards of North Central somewhere. No. Yeah. <laughs> so. No. Never mind the banjos. Just continue. On. <laughs> Then you shouldn't have brought the banjos. <laughs> I, I've seen you, I've seen the neighbors around here. Nobody's got enough fingers to play the fucking banjo. <laughs> but uh, so so it's going to seem a little weird right out of the gate because uh, this is actually a somewhat decent location to do a podcast for a change, as opposed <laughs> to our horrible studio with detritus strewn around above, uh, strewn around the place. But uh, it's also we're fucking full. We we actually grilled huge hot dogs we nothing trebuchet grilled well he was the grill master well because yeah i'm I'm not allowed anywhere near fire anymore (laughs) no 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 charcoal for my buddy rob yeah but but uh yeah knowing we were coming out here we stopped there's a a local one of those artisanal frou-frou we brought artisanal tube steak just say it (laughs) that's what she said (laughs) Nobody's ever said that to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're like handmade, like hand crafted sausage. That's what she said. It's oh, no, a little, come on. That's, that's Lovingly cool. ground with their own two hands. Well, that's the thing. They were like these hot dogs for like, what were they, eight or ten bucks a pack? Something like that. And they were really fucking good, but they're still hot dogs. Jesus Christ, you had me burn $8 hot dogs? <laughs> you didn't burn them. You? you did a very nice job. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wanted you to throw them in the fryer, but I'm weird, and I've smoked away all my taste buds over the years. But it's they're still just fucking hot dogs. They're yes. still lips and assholes. Of, for... of the finest quality beef. That might be Kobe asshole. <laughs> All right, that's, 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 that's a contender. Kobe assholes. <laughs> <contender. laughs> wow. But it's just, it's bad. They were really good, but, you know, I'm I'm just not from a place where one would spend that kind of money on a hot dog. And I've been to Fenway Metro Park. Metro West Boston, that's where you can spend that much money. <laughs> I guess, but at Fenway, it's like it's $6 a hot dog, but that's only because you've been drinking $9 beers since 
the first inning. This is true. A five dollar milkshake. Right? <laughs> Ain't got bourbon in it or nothing. Does it bring all the boys to the yard? <laughs> Asking for a friend. This is dangerously close to going <laughs> off the rails already. We're three and a half minutes into this fucking thing. It's close to gone. But but uh yeah, I mean you guys have been when did we start this website? Like two thousand eleven? Something like and that. And how long have you guys been this contributing right. now and again? Well, I believe at this point we've been on hiatus longer than we <laughs> well, <laughs> Yeah, this is true. No, you've been on hiatus. He's a lazy fucking asshole. There's a major difference. <laughs> but it's uh, part of it is because, you know, Trebuchet, you and I grew up together, so we're the same age, yes, mid-40s. Yeah, yeah, I won't admit to it in a court of law, but yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I appreciate that. Because <laughs> believe me, witnesses like you I don't fucking need. <laughs> Um, so, and so we're mid forties and pixie sticks. You're a little bit 37, 37. <laughs> you know, I was going to be classy and not fucking do it. You guys are the worst people in the world. You knew that. So, going in. <laughs> and the only reason I bring, bring that up, not to make, I don't know when you're 37, I never felt like a child, but compared to us, maybe, I don't, but as, uh, we're all at least three of us prime time to have seen star wars when it came out in the theater yes star wars has been a big part of all our pretty much all our lives i mean i grew up with it i know you did (laughs) trebuchet but and i i realize we have not on this show talked at all about star wars episode seven really and i was trying to figure out why we hadn't brought it up at all we've done a couple articles about it but and it's for me it's i'm trying real hard to decide whether or not i give a fuck if the thing is coming out or not well that's the, i mean that's the problem i've got with the whole thing right now is it's so far off in the future and it's this it's this ephemeral thing that's out there and quite honestly in 2001 i got fucked in the ass <laughs> and i don't know i if apologize I for that <laughs> oh well yeah and we saw the first star wars <laughs> prequels that came out actually but, it was 1999 that must have right, been a good right. fucking it felt like it lasted <laughs> two years god i'm old <laughs> but it's <laughs> But and I I agree with you. We're of the right age. Yeah, we grew up with all we had was the first three, and yeah, we really got burned by the prequels. I mean, uh, Trebuchet, you and I got Skywalking pneumonia when the day it came out. It was like the day after. Yeah. Um, and we I get dragged to a midnight showing by my my then boyfriend uh, somewhere over in the Chestnut Hill area on opening night. Yeah. What was that like? Because when <laughs> no seriously soul when, sucking. <laughs> well, no when when Trebuchet and I went. It was, we took the day off to do a matinee, and since it was a day after, really, the theater was, what, half full? Yeah. And you know, part of why I'm so ambivalent for episode seven is we both walked out of it like everybody else, looking sort of, did what we like that happened? at all? Did we? What happened? Yeah. So, well, uh, I think you could describe it best. It was, it was a packed theater, and um, they were taking their cues from the first real Star Wars movie. This was A New Hope. I had never seen a group of people so hopeful remain so silent and walk out so dejected okay <laughs> i mean was there it was sad it was like people there we, we came out and there were people that were like hanging out to buy tickets for like the next day or something like don't bother just <laughs> it's not worth it just a wave of sadness <laughs> yeah, it was... yeah everybody's 
everybody waiting for the 1 a.m. showing lightsabers go to half-mast. Yeah. And no, that's not a euphemism. Don't start with me. People already. coming out just muttering yeah. fucking Jar Jar. It was awful. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I sat through fucking Meet Joe Black just so I could see the fucking trailer for this thing. Oh, and then God. we go and we spent the day. And, and I just, I was I, what the hell happened? My childhood was ripped from my skull. I was, was like, awful. I, I think I was... I thought Natalie Portman could act. What? <laughs> yeah. What happened? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was not not no. good. No, but it, you're right. It was that age, and, and you know, so we're kind of there. And you know, you haven't really addressed it yet because I, I don't know. I think it's still, it's still such a vague notion. You know, we're getting little bits and pieces that are dripping out now, but at least it'll be numbered, right? It <laughs> will, in fact, actually be number seven. That's true, and that'll yeah. be a first for a while, but. <laughs> I mean, it's becoming a little bit more concrete. Before we move back to that, it's now Pixie Sticks. Did you grow up with Star Wars? I am on the wrong side of the Ewok line. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so explain what that means to the audience. <laughs> I was born in 1977, so I did not see the movies in the theater. I grew up with the movies. I saw them when I was a child, but I did not see them in the theater. Yeah, and she's one of the ones who, you know, the Ewok line was a, a How I Met Your Mother reference, a Barney Stinsonism thing. Yeah. Okay. But basically, <laughs> basically, the gist of it is she thinks the Ewoks are fucking cute. They are adorable. They are fucking horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> Completely out of context, the <laughs> the Ewoks are, are cute, provided you can ignore the fact that it's... I mean, Warwick Davis in that suit. They do. <laughs> yub yub. Okay, yeah, whatever. They do, and we were on. I, I guess Barney Stinson is right. The wrong line of yeah. We never watched the Ewok adventures or right. teddy bears. They get the bug eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so I mean, yeah. What was what was was the prequels like for for you? Because it was it was so huge. For, yeah, I. I really, they all kind of blend together for me. I think I watched them all maybe once or twice. And um, honestly, they blend one one right into the other. Um, So I remember being disappointed, but I couldn't even tell you, like, you know, any amount of detail. I just haven't bothered to, you know, put them into my memory for any amount of worth. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) I'm still trying to drink them away. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the first one, yeah, you and I saw it. Trebuchet, and then I went again later that week with uh, one of our mutual friends, and that's when it really hit home. It's like, this is a really terrible thing that happened. I didn't really peg you as a masochist. Well, <laughs> it's one of those things after that much time, to to for Star Wars to be bad takes a minute. Yeah, you're, you're so invested that, you know, it's like, okay, no, I just had a bad night. You know, I maybe I wasn't seeing things right. Let me go, oh, my God! Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's like you're walking down the street and a, someone you've known for 10 years just slaps you. It's, Sorry. What did, what did I <laughs> – what did I do? Did that just happen? It, it, it takes a minute to to process. So for me, it was a slow deflation because, yeah, it was, okay, that was bad, but it's got to be better. There's still two movies. And there was enough excitement when – Attack of the Clones leaked to the internet. I spent that entire weekend learning how to steal movies off the internet so I could see it two or three days later because I still had enough excitement that, all right, well, this will be the one because I know the kid's not in it anymore and I've heard there's less Jar Jar. So, and even that. 
well, <laughs> yeah, emo Anakin. Yeah, right? there was no getting away from him. It turns out for three movies, and it, yeah, we watched that, and that since it was a downloaded copy, we could watch. It was worth the price. <laughs> it certainly was. <laughs> we watched it two or three times in a row. It's like no, that's no, this is not worse, but it's still not good. And now, why are these aliens Chinese? <laughs> yeah, and. uh by the third one, yeah, the radio station I worked for had a free yes. preview, and it's uh, fine. It cost me nothing, and there's no effort whatsoever. And it was the best of the three, but it was still, all right, well, that's a thing that happened, and it's all done now. And uh, I own them all because when they were coming out on DVD, it's easy to forget. The original ones still were not on DVD, so it's like, well, if we buy these, maybe George will help us and give <laughs> us Star Wars on DVD. So, yeah, there's certainly that we've been bitten by them, and that's sort of tempering my excitement, even as I'm starting to see things like pictures of they're rebuilding the Millennium Falcon. And J.J. Abrams had the picture of, uh, I think it was a handwritten note of, I wish people would stop spreading rumors about the Millennium Falcon being in the movie on the chess table from the Millennium Falcon. At least J.J. Abrams has a good sense of humor about it. The The one thing that does make it seem like there's the possibility it won't suck is i at least thought that his reboot of star trek was pretty good yeah, yes, i agree, I agree. Yeah. yeah i mean he definitely does a space opera with action and enough characterization so you can lock in on and start to like characters he does it really well i don't think there's a better director for this that you could really have but i mean the other thing that occurs to me is the the big news out of the Star Wars camp this week is Harrison Ford <laughs> injured his ankle walking through a door and it's it really it started to hit home for me because I was my initial excitement was based on all right cool we're gonna have Han and Luke and Leia and Chewbacca all all these guys again but Han Solo almost just broke his hip <laughs> I mean do <laughs> yeah no do, it's, do it's... we really want to see Han Solo as a 72 year old i didn't want to see him as a 72 year old indiana jones it happened to me anyway well this is true (laughs) and that's part of what hits me it's yeah i wanted nothing more than another indiana jones movie and then there was kingdom of the crystal skull no there wasn't well (laughs) yeah i've been telling anybody who'll listen yeah i bought the blu-rays when they came out they included a free a blank blu-ray there's nothing on it as far as i'm concerned so i don't know coaster well, that's that's kind of the trick to the whole thing, you know. It's one of those "be careful what you wish for" things, you know. Because the fact of the matter is, is that the the original cast is aged at this point. I mean, Christ, they were they were twenty years older than we were, when, you know, when we were, you know, in seventy eight. They were they were in their mid twenties. So Mark Hamill was in his mid twenties. Harrison yeah. Ford was already in his almost forty, wasn't he? Uh, I'm not sure he was that old. Was something like that. He seemed old. he seemed like he was forty when I was, you know, twelve. <laughs> But, you know, it's one of those things where the characters are aged, and that's all there is to it. So it'll be interesting. What I'm, I'm really interested to see what the story is going to be. Um, that's one of the things that's kind of caught my attention is, is that I think, I don't know, I've heard that they're basically disavowing any of the EU stuff. Yes. Yeah. So, Star Wars, uh, Disney Star Wars, the organization has basically said, yeah, we're going to call this this whole different Still a coherent universe, but it's not canon anymore. So we're not expecting to see Thrall or anyone like that in, in these, right? This yeah, is... they, there's a possibility 
they may call characters that they like and bring them in, just not under the same circumstances. Nice. So yeah, uh, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn or any of those guys. Pretend, Thrawn, that's what it is. Yeah, um, Joris Chaboth or however you pronounce Obviously it. It's been quite some time since I read any of that stuff. Yeah. So been, and and you know we talk about this stuff, this this canon, quote unquote. You know that trilogy is almost as old as the <laughs> yeah the original you know the original trilogy. Yeah, so this this information, all this these characters and all this these stories have been out there that are accepted as canon by the the masses. It, you know, well, it's, that trilogy was the first appearance of Coruscant, right? Which made it into the movies. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It, maybe not huge chunks of that because there were stories that took you know took place later than the prequels, but pieces of it have made it in the canon. So, yeah, it's kind of a hell of a thing to say. I'm just uh, gonna ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, also, do you really want them to be bound to this is what we have to do? I mean, uh, the, that original trilogy, um, that uh, that trilogy of books was, it was exciting because the rumor at the time was, oh, well, these are what these next three movies were supposed to be. And at the time, there was no other Star Wars. It was out of comic books. It had been out of the theaters for a while, so... There was nothing for Star Wars fans. So, yeah, of course you latch onto that. Who owns those books? Who owns the property to those books? I mean, I think Lucasfilm has a hook on any of those characters. That's what I'm wondering. Which now would be Disney. Did Disney not include that in the package or something? I didn't read a lot of the EU stuff. I mean, really. Um, You know, I think the only group of uh, books that I read were the Red Squadron ones, you know, the Wedge Antilles stuff. Um, But, you know... Are they? I hear rumor, at least, that like um, Han and Leia's kids are supposed to be in this movie or in, in the trilogy. Nobody really knows at this point. No con- confirmation on any of that stuff. Yet? Yeah, no, nobody's really sure. You know, the only things we've really seen are you know we've heard some character names and some of the casting hmm. stuff, but who they are and and how they relate to anybody. I don't. Nobody knows yet. Nice. No, frankly, for the next X number of months, uh, you know. J.J. Abrams is nothing if not the master of internet hype <laughs> with all, all that, uh, what, what was the soft drink ad that he came up with for uh, Cloverfield that yeah. was the, yeah, yeah and, and all the shit around Super 8. Uh, so he knows full well he can milk the crowds for the next six or eight months with, look, it's a plywood Garbage. fucking X-Wing. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, on, on one hand... It's probably a good thing that they've sort of pushed the expanded universe aside because you don't want to force him to lock into that. Being locked into this is how things have to be is probably, I don't want to say too much, I want to say 80% of what fucked up the prequels was George Lucas. Let's call it 20% was saying, okay, no matter what, I need Anakin Skywalker on this side of the lava at this point. Um, And then what do we do to get him there? I'm going to say, yeah. isn't Lawrence Cashdan, Cash, am I getting his name right, uh, involved Cash in this Dan, in some yeah. fashion? Uh, yeah, he he's one of the screenwriters. Okay. And he did Empire Strikes Back, which was the best of the original three. Yeah. Right. And honestly, I, I hate to say it. Well, I don't, no, I really don't. But, you know, that little bit of news gives me a little hope. Um, and the fact that Lucas has got nothing to do with it gives me a lot of hope. Um, you know, I, I think he, he was good for his day and... Nothing existed like it at the time. When I saw, you know, when I saw Star Wars, it was amazing. It was mind blowing, you know. But I think he got hung up in the way he tries to tell a story. He's got it in his head, and he just doesn't. He, you know, got hung up on all the new whiz bang stuff, and it went nowhere. Um, so it really kind of gives me some hope that 
he's not involved. Well, I mean, definitely the worst the worst thing George Lucas brought to Star Wars was George Lucas. For whatever yeah. reason, he refused to listen to anybody. People were screaming back in the early 2000s, let anybody else take a pass at this script, for Christ's sake. Anybody can direct it, George. It's a green screen. Somebody can point. <laughs> now, that's one of the encouraging things to me. Somebody's actually building an X-Wing out of plywood. Right. Awesome. There's something in a, real in there. In a practical, whatever the hell that giant hush puppy looking thing was that uh, also leaked. I don't know what kind of monster or animal it was. Yeah. But it was a practical thing. And that's, yeah. that, that is the most encouraging thing to me. You know. Does anybody else have visions of Lucas on the on the last trilogy, just stomping around the sands of Tunisia or in front of a green screen, like a three year old screaming, "Mine, mine!" <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was necessarily that petulant. I think he started to believe his own bullshit. Mine. You know, if you create Star Wars, <laughs> mine. No, mine. All right, fuck you. It's like Rain Man. <laughs> mine. <laughs> but if you create Star Wars. And for years, anytime you go within a thousand yards of a sci-fi or a movie convention, you know, people are kneeling and bowing at you. Maybe you start to believe, yeah. oh, yeah, it was all because of me and not just, you know, I happened to read the right Joseph Campbell book. and At the right time. I watched the right Kurosawa movie and had this great idea. Sorry. Talk into the mic, you fuck. I'm sorry. Deep throat that bitch. <laughs> So with 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 Abrams and Cash Dan being involved in this, we could do a Star Wars new trilogy PSA. It gets better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, too soon. Oh Jesus, <laughs> we're gonna get picketed. <laughs> <laughs> but there's definitely encouraging stuff about it. The thing that keeps hitting me is I'm not. I'm not sure. I want to. I'm afraid I'm gonna see. An Alec Guinness hologram pumping <laughs> around like Michael Jackson or Tupac. <laughs> yeah, I, I would pay to see that actually. Yeah, better would. than the first, the last three friggin' movies we saw. But I, I relish the idea that Han Solo is being given another chance to shoot first. <laughs> but no, it's going to be under the auspices, and I hate to step on your joke, but I'm gonna, <laughs> it's going to be Leia saying. Yeah, Han shot first. Han always shoots first. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's just mean. I th- see, I was telling you earlier, I think it's more, we're going to see Carrie Fisher in the metal bikini, oh, but God. with her body now turned the corner. Han will shoot first and once through his own temple. <laughs> Actually, if wow. you want, if J.J. If Abrams is smart, and I may have heard this someplace, I don't remember, but... uh. The first time we see Han Solo is just flat out executing somebody <laughs> at point blank range. Well, you know, he better damn well be because at this point, you know, they turned him into a giant pussy yeah. with the laser releases. And you know, I'm just not. <laughs> he may have to shoot him like that because if he can't walk through a door without breaking his ankle, True. I'm not sure he can hold up that Blast Tech 44 without his hands from shaking. He's shooting the hover around dealer is what he's doing. Yeah. I mean. But the, yeah, that's the weird place that I'm in. I'm not sure I want to see these guys again because I'm not sure you can get any better. It right. feels like their story's done. The expanded universe did a certain amount of it, and it was certainly interesting, and some of it was fun. But to revisit Luke Skywalker at sixty, how old is Mark Hamill now? Uh, he's got to be yeah. in his sixties. I mean, is that a thing we really want to see? Is it? 
just does it do anything for the story or is it just fan service for people like us who the gut reaction is oh i never thought i'd see luke skywalker again well honestly i mean if if they're smart that's that's kind of what they're shooting for they're, they're trying to get the core audience you know us old farts back into it get us excited about it you know bring our kids i mean we don't have any but you know i hear other people our age have kid have children Do they, we can pretend the dogs are service dogs sure yeah <laughs> um but I think the dogs are gonna watch star wars <laughs> he was born in 1951 he wants to do the math um he's Mark old Hamill? yeah so 51 uh, i've kind of my fingers keep like your pants on with the <laughs> thank you <laughs> so yeah 60 something yeah. 63 sure Yes, he's in his, his 60s. Anyhow, uh, but uh, if they're smart, that's what they're doing. And I've heard rumor that um, the original cast is only really going to be in the first movie, the first of the three new movies that are coming out, to kind of pass the torch to the next, uh, you know, the new heroes or, or whatever they happen to be. If they're if they're Han and Leia's kids, that's one thing, you know, whatever. But if they're smart, that's really what they're going to do because nobody is going to you know, really going to want to watch the geriatric Star Wars. Well, yeah, that's certainly not going to be... I mean, we, we saw the geriatric Star Wars. It was Sir Alec Guinness trying to have a sword fight with Darth Vader. I right. thought it was Cocoon. Nice. <laughs> uh, that that was the geriatric Debbie Does Dallas. Oh, okay. Slightly <laughs> different epic story. Ew. <laughs> but, but, I mean, do we really need to have one last story tying it up for everybody because let's face it we don't need to we saw all three of the prequels by the third one we knew it was going to be shit we saw it we don't need to be lured in we'd go see a star wars movie whether they had these people in it or not but right. he might be treating it like um they just did with x-men um days of future past where you you had both casts but it was just so mostly you could kind of hand it off to the new folks yeah, all right, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you think about it though. You you build this, you know, this mythos around this, you know, the original Star Wars movies, and why, you know, so what's your next step from there? Your next step from there is to release the prequels, that says, okay, here's how all of our characters got to this point. You know, you're a little tied into what's going to happen. Everybody knows what happens to Anakin. Well, okay, oh, <gasps> Anakin's Darth Vader? What? <laughs> you know, you know what's going to happen. So uh, it, it's hard to kind of, you know, I, I will say this in George Lucas's defense, is that it's it's hard to get from A to B when it's a, a finite path. You know this is what's going to happen. So there's no, there's no suspense per se. It's really in the, oh, that's really kind of cool how this character went from this way to this way. When you're bringing in this new set of trilogies, it, it is a, a blank page. It is an open book. There is nothing that exists other than the EU stuff that they've already said they're not going to go with. So, you, you know, you've got a lot of latitude to do whatever you want to do. And, and hopefully, you know, someone, I, again, I'm in the camp that thinks um, Abrams is a talented writer-director. He's brought new life into the Star Trek um, universe. Uh, I, I think he's going to do a good job with it, and and we just kind of have to have a little bit of faith that it's going to work out if they can, um, you know, run with it properly. <laughs> Star <laughs> Wars right Episode word. Seven: A New Faith. <laughs> oh, Jesus, your lack of faith is disturbing. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> I don't know. All I know is. What's his name? Adam Driver, who got cast in it. Oh, the 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 one that's on Girls the that we don't on, watch. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just. 
Uh, I'm praying that someday in 20 years we'll see him at San Diego Comic-Con in the autograph area next to Gil Gerard. <laughs> asking for 10 bucks for a picture Cybernetic of Cybernetic Gil Gerard. And, and then I can go up and just yell at him for not only fucking up Star Wars, but fucking up Sunday nights on HBO. And it's not Game of Thrones. Nice. So... I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not convinced I necessarily uh, you know I feel a certain amount of, you know, oh yeah, I want to see Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber again. I want to see Han shoot first. There I'm not sure there's an upshot well, to it. Well, I don't think we need to see Han shoot first. I mean, some of us know that Han shot first. That's the only way his character makes sense. Well, yes. But is it this this whole thing with the new trilogies again? I I have hope that it's a it's a blank slate. We can do some new stuff. I really and, and I do hope that they are going to just use them to pass the torch on to some new characters because there's a lot of opportunity in that universe. Obviously, otherwise there wouldn't be so much of the extended universe, um, you know, uh, product out there. So you know, we can hope that it, it'll be an interesting pass. I guess. Yeah. The other thing that terrifies me is the rumor that the only reason Harrison Ford did this was to get another bite at the Indiana Jones app. Oh, God. If he can't do a door, he's not going to run from a boulder, man. Oh, shit. But... Indiana Jones in the bedpan of... <laughs> in the kidney stone of Ra. <laughs> oh, God. Kalima. <laughs> oh, God. Don't spit up next to the computer. <laughs> it's all right. It's all under control. So, all right. One th- one thing we establish in weeks of the show is we don't do segues for shit. So I'm just going to barrel forward. Nice. Next topic. <laughs> Next. <coughs> nine. So speaking of nine. Oh God! All right. <laughs> That's how we're going to play it. Okay. Time for another beer. <sighs> Refreshing. For those of you following along at home, every time we drink, you can drink. You'll know because you hear <coughs> noises into the. <laughs> is that what it sounded like? I don't know. <laughs> Assume if we pause, we're drinking. Yeah, so right. catch up. Pause for liquor. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's good. <sighs> anyway, yeah, Segway's not our strong suit. We've got so. multiple channels and an actual mixing board. We could have had a sound effect set up. <laughs> but we only had a certain amount of time to set this up. And, Sounds um, like somebody wants me to break out my cello. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Keep going. Segway, segway. <laughs> if that's not a euphemism, I'm going to knock your head off. <laughs> and if it's a euphemism, you're dead. <laughs> I mean, just as an aside, the only reason we have a mixing board is because when we told you guys, <laughs> we, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll have you on as guests. We'll bring the little portable mixer that we've been doing. I'll just get splitters. It's cute. Yeah. It's like R2-D2. Yeah, well, Trebuchet said, oh, no, no. He went out and bought a mixer. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm getting some hardware. So, Best yeah. host ever. With a little bit extra time, I could have put together something with a few sound effects. We could have made this you know, more of a proper radio show with audio elements. Without a lot of practice with it, it would have sounded like Morning Zoo at a small market in fucking Alaska. But Yeah, we would have abused that. They would have been like fart noises and toilet flushes. I don't think you could stop me from making <laughs> fart noises on my second beer. So, next topic. Wait, one moment. Drink. Chug. Okay. Chug. So, yes, part of the reason I said, yeah, let's have you guys on as guests is you guys, it, it turns out, the more we thought about it, are sort of the holy grail of what everybody wants in comics. 
trebuchet. I know in high school you read a few comics. You yeah. go with me to the comic store. You read what? I know uh, Usagi Ujimbo. Usagi Ujimbo, The Tick. The original Ben Edlin, Ben Edlin shit back from New England comics. That's right, Bridgewater. Like when, no, Brockton. Brockton. Sorry, when nobody knew anything about Ben Edlin. <laughs> yeah, where the tick was born. Yeah. Um, uh, you. Uh, we both read V for Vendetta when it came out. V for every Vendetta, month. Watchmen. Watchmen. Hell, I had you buy me that poster set. Yeah. When when, it, when the series wasn't even fully released yet. Yeah, um, they had all the covers set. I had that that shit going on. Yeah, wow, we're old. Yeah, definitely. But, but yeah, no, we used to hop in your brown piece of crap, whatever. Got it, but what one quarter oil to the to the drive? Oh uh, yeah, the seventy eight Fairmont. Yes, the, that was awesome. <laughs> drive drive down. <laughs> no, to, sir, it was not. <laughs> drive down to Brockton. You know, every every other every Saturday, every other Saturday. You know, yeah, buy comic books, man. That was it. But you sort of drifted off after a while yeah by books for a while when did you stop reading um it probably would have been in the late 80s early 90s i, I think i picked up a couple of one there was there was a couple of things that, that caught my interest there was a uh an alien series that i still have actually in the long box sitting behind you um, oh, the, uh, the original the original dark horse one. one yeah the dark yep. horse one with uh, with newt and, and uh hicks and hicks yep um which they really should have ran with instead of the crap that they retconned um, that's but, a whole different show. That's yeah, we'll a whole other that. show. That's next time on. Yeah. Is that an argument for using extended universe stuff? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it really, kind of shortly after that, it just kind of kind of drifted out of it. Um, didn't didn't uh, stop buying books and and just didn't really follow up with it. I mean, every once in a while, I you know we took up in college. You know, you were going to school, and I went and visit, and uh, we'd go to the local comic book store, and I'd check you know check out, pick up the odd book here and there. But yeah, I never really kept up with any of that stuff. Okay, and Pixie Six, did you ever read comics until recently as a kid? Or I think my brother had a couple of dime store, you know, like Superman, Spider Man, you know, when they had them in dime stores and pharmacies on the rack. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, like two or three issues, and that was it. Um, so really nothing until recently. Okay, so yeah. uh, newspaper comic strips. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I mean, read the funny pages every Sunday. Okay. <laughs> Nobody does that anymore. <laughs> but, okay. Oh, that Garfield. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, all right, so, Trebuchet, what... Now, all right, Pixie Sticks, did you start reading... Because of Trebuchet, did you find something and he started? How did how did who this start? Who? Yeah, who's I whose fault is this? I blame you, actually. <laughs> I've I've done a lot of. I think it was a combination of things. I think we perhaps moved and found his old long, bo- long box. Yeah, and uh, then that's how you know a lapsed reader. His long box. Yeah, I just yeah, moved. I, know, the, huh? I just moved the twenty seventh <laughs> into storage. <laughs> And uh, then I can't remember the exact order, but I think at some point I found out that Buffy was now out in comic form and also um, with uh, some of the movies that were coming out, I had I started thinking about, you know, reading the books. And then I found out that I actually don't really care for superhero books so much as I like the movies, but I like a lot of the, you know, the sci-fi and different things like that that are coming out. Okay, and we'll come back to the yeah. superhero stuff versus the movies because yes. that is something I wanted to ask the both of you. So, so was it you wanted to get the Buffy books or who? Uh, again, we haven't established who's at fault. He, I think, because again, there's an entire industry trying 
defined people like Actually, the both of you. Now that I think about it, I think that what happened was V for Vendetta came out and he pulled out that trade and I read that and then he just kept hand as I finished he kept originals. handing me additional yeah. <laughs> I think he handed me Watchmen next. Yes, and, and then, then I made uh, then I made her made her read Watchmen before yeah. before the movie came right. out, and then Rising Stars, Rising Stars. That was another good Shazinski book. Yeah, uh, but I, honestly, I think it was the Buffy thing because when we f- were first dating, um, we picked up I picked up the Buffy season one DVD for her. And I was like, hey, we need to watch this, and then it was all downhill from there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, I, when when they say when we went through that, you know, we burned through watching all that stuff. Um, Eventually, in real time, when they closed out the series and all that, and then right. when we heard that season nine was coming out on comic books, we were like, "Oh, cool!" You know? Season eight, which Sorry. I kind of eight was I, it eight. Eight was, eight was the movie eight. That went I on think forever. I think yeah. we're on ten now. Yeah, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. All I remember, I didn't read any of them. Not a single one of them did I read. I just, I felt, I felt enough closure with the TV series, but I just remember opening one of them, and Dawn was like. 50 feet tall and yeah. I was like yeah. okay I don't need this that's not <laughs> happening anymore Yeah, I, I fell out of season 8 because yeah it was clearly Whedon and company said now we can do anything we want because our budget is 10 cents worth of pens right? which is one of the awesome strengths of comics but it's also if you've got a set universe with set rules to suddenly be turned loose like that and yeah, yeah giant dawn and a bad guy vampire named twilight <laughs> <laughs> Make no mistake. What was it? Last week we railed against people who just dismissed genre like Twilight as trash. Yes. And I, hey, there's something for everybody, but I ain't the audience, man. <laughs> nice. It, it, and it just it was interminable. He didn't really have an arc. It just sort of seemed like how much further can we push this? Like it, it didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't tight. Yeah, it's the yeah. problem. It felt like season eight really went on forever. Yeah, yeah. but um, but from there, I guess back to your point. Sorry, yeah. I, 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 I swing back eventually. But <laughs> wait, wait, drink, pause for liquor. Anyway, um, when we started, we started. Um, I started taking her. We found a uh, we found a great comic book store. Um, one of the best that I've kind of been dealing with. I know you guys have a great one near you. Yeah, um, that I've been to. It's a great store. Um, we found another one down here. Um, relatively close to us that uh, it it was probably the best one I've seen in many years uh, back since the old Starship Excalibur days down in Providence. Yep. Um, so we started, you know, I, I started going and we bought some stuff and she started looking at some stuff and honestly, the next thing I know, we're, we're, we've got a pull. We've got a pull list down there. And I turn around one day and I start looking at this and I'm like, Jesus You've got twice as many things on your list than I do. What the hell? It's how it can go. It's it's the opposite for us, but that's me. I just I am all about superheroes. There are plenty of books for me to get. So nice. Yeah. So it was just, um, and she's you know we actually funny we uh, recently we uh, with our real jobs have been a little bit busy. Uh, we haven't made it over to pick up our books in uh, apparently <laughs> about eight weeks. Uh, <laughs> You're so, not even a person, man. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, yeah, so we we walked in and and you know, we, yeah, we're gonna need a forklift for our <laughs> our books. But you know, it, it it's it's funny that you know, it, it just still amuses me that she's such an avid reader, coming from basically from zero to sixty in. You know, a couple of months. But I'm a reader anyway, and I think you forget that. I'll read a novel a week, whereas you'll read a novel every three years. 
<laughs> You're being generous. Yeah. Yes. He can barely write his own name. I mean, so it's it's a much more difficult prospect for him. I like the pictures. <laughs> so That's valid. So Pixie Six, when you started reading comics, did you have any I mean, it's its own visual language and how the story is told. Did you have any trouble picking it up or any particular the the tough thing for me, I think, is the tough thing for all new readers. I didn't know where to jump in with some of the stories that have been going on for so long. Um, you know, when you look at some of these books that are into the issues of the hundreds and then they also start renumbering, um, it's tough to know where to start. And so I actually um, I picked up a few things that I know you guys had recommended to me. But for the most part, I went with things that were just starting just to kind of keep away from having to delve into the spider web of craziness that is DC and Marvel's universes. Okay. So the the visual storytelling part, that wasn't particularly, there wasn't any issue in picking that up, but continuity was the... No, yeah, continuity was the tougher thing. The visual part um, was no problem at all. So Yeah, it was, it, I, I yeah. kind of have to agree. So, you know, I jumped into the stuff too after, after a lengthy, you know, it's probably 15 years since I had been yeah. to a store, really. And I, I, you know, same thing. It's like, okay, well, this this issue, you know, this book is on issue, you know, one twenty five, and it's like, and you open it up and you look at it, it's like, I can't make any sense of this because I don't have the history, and that was kind of a problem. It, it is kind of a put off, and it was, you know, and even 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 though I knew the characters and I, I knew that the general gist of a lot of these things, to a completely new reader, it was absolutely insane to assume this because the story wouldn't make any sense. Um. It happens that we really kind of jumped into this right around just before the New 52 reboot, which I'm hoping okay, is yeah. where you're going, right? I was yeah. going to ask about that, yeah. Because <laughs> um, that was really kind of one of the biggest jumping off points for both of us, actually, to, to kind of get back into it. it. was because, okay, now we can start from scratch with some, some of these books that um, don't assume – well. <laughs> The idea was that you didn't have to assume any right. prior prior knowledge of these things, right? I, I think they had uh, noble intentions. <laughs> Very noble intention. <laughs> Shit execution. Um, so, you know, these books show up and, we, you know, so we went out the, right at the launch, you know, all the number ones. And we bought, I don't know, probably two-thirds of them. Yeah, close to that. Uh, and just, you know, picked out. So, okay, here's what I like. And I found some really cool stuff that I liked back at the time that I never would have picked up. You know, kind of the first run. You know, coming coming to mind specifically, uh, a character that came out well after I stopped reading stuff. So Voodoo, Grifter, so the Wildstorm, the Wildstorm, right? Yeah. That stuff didn't exist when I was reading back back when you and I were going to the comic store. Yeah. That came out in the in the early nineties, correct? Yeah, early mid nineties. Yeah. Um. So I didn't. I had no experience with any of those, but I, I thought that those reboots were pretty cool. Of course, both of them got canceled after eight <laughs> issues, but whatever. Um. But I, you know, I thought those were pretty cool. Um, and then you know, and she picked up a few of them and was looking at them. Uh, what what were the ones that you hung up hung on? Um, I picked up, I think, Wonder Woman, uh, Supergirl, Birds of Prey. Was Birds of Prey New Fifty Two? Yes, that the idea? there yeah. was a New Fifty Two on here. Um, yeah. There may have been some others, but I think those were the few that those were the few that I remember, and those were the few that I stuck with for several issues. So of course, I had issues with them changing Wonder Woman's origin mythology. <laughs> Many yeah. of us so, did. Yes. Yeah, this may be the only uh, podcast out there. Well, <laughs> this may be the only podcast that, yeah, I don't like what Brian Azzarello is doing with Wonder Woman, but I think I've gone on record, unless it's a crime comic, 
I don't think he should be allowed to write anything longer than his own name. <laughs> it's he, he does a killer crime comic, and then he write what you know, kid. That's what he does well, and I'll read any crime comic he does. Well, he screwed up Constantine too I mean, when it was Hellblazer. So, oh, yeah. if, if, if you let him anywhere near any kind of mystical creature, he he screws it up. Yeah, <laughs> but but we come here not to bury Brian. He means well. So, I mean, but I also know, and Pixie Sticks, you brought it up. We've gone with you to about half of the superhero movies that have come out in the last 10 years. So, I mean, you guys are seeing those. Yeah. Is, how how do these superhero movies, how are those hooking you in? And it may be as simple as the continuity, but how are those hooking you in where the, the comic books Are they hooking aren't? you in? <laughs> because at least Marvel um, has made a real effort. You know, when Avengers came out, they came out with Avengers Assembled. It started right at the same time. Back to Iron Man, they restarted uh, the Invincible Iron Man and added Pepper Potts back in, who had not been part of the Iron Man mythos since probably the early 70s. But to, to try to make it more like the movies so i mean it, it, can you describe either one of you how these things are hooking in and the comics aren't have you gone to these and tried the comics and said eh, and and why didn't they work for you uh yeah I'm, that's all right it's radio you guys don't have to yeah i'll nod and <laughs> yeah. you, you'll Telepathically, get telepathically I mean. no i i i was and, and, yeah, i was never and continue not to be a um a big superhero um, fan um, at least in the books, um, I did like the movies. I liked the Avengers, I liked Iron Man, uh, I liked I liked Thor, I liked Captain America. I liked all the movies. Um, I don't I don't read the books. I just don't. I, they never really struck a chord with me. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what it is. Um, you know that what the difference is uh, because I too enjoy the movies and. I can't. I haven't been able to put my finger on it. If it's if it's the differences in perhaps who's writing the books versus who's writing the screenplays for the movies, and there's differences in dialogue. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, maybe it's something the actors bring to the table. I'm. I just don't know. Um, but now I am reading. Um, I have picked up. You know, the new Hawkeye and the new Black Widow, and I'm loving both of those. They're not traditional superheroes in the sense of having superpowers. But well, it's, uh, also they're told very differently. Yes, uh, I've you were getting Black Widow. I don't think I've checked that out. But Hawkeye, yeah, that's just flat out one of the best books on the stand because it's yeah. it's yeah. not a superhero book. It's a book about a superhero. But you know, it's like Matt Fraction says right on the first page. This is what he's doing when he's not being an Avenger. Yeah, and it's just a great, you know, almost noirish tale of this poor dupe who's just doing the best he can. Yeah, in the big city, it's a great book. Yeah, yeah it is good. I've read a, I've read a couple of those issues that she's picked up and, and looked at them. And go, wow, okay, cool. And I I really dig the art uh, in those. And and you're right. It's it's kind of one of those things. It's like okay, here's what happens on a Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shawarma. <laughs> <laughs> Two words: pizza, dog. That is all. Pizza dog is flat out awesome. But <laughs> so I mean, no speculation as to why the movies are working and the comics aren't is just. Visual spectacle, you know. She she said 
the actors might be bringing something to it. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, it could be something there that you're getting with with a live action. You know, the chemistry between the actors. Well, but it's also yeah. again, it, it is. God, I hate it because you know it, it's 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 an indication of kind of the modern sensibilities. I guess is that it's a it's a one and done. You commit a couple of hours. The pacing is all there. It's encapsulated yeah. and it's done. And then you you know you go home. You know the books. It's a long haul. The same story. You know that Avengers. You know the movie Avengers um, told would take probably what a year. Right. Oh, and, yeah. You know? With crossovers right. into yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah America. Don't get me started on you know. And then you got to go pick up fifteen other books well, because I, someone put an asterisk in one panel. That's and that's part of what I think now thinking back to it that did bother me especially I specifically recall it with Birds of Prey um, that I felt like I couldn't go two pages without seeing a little box with an asterisk you know this you know check out issue whatever for more background on this and you know I'm just thinking to myself if I found your storyline captivating enough that I wanted to know more about what just happened I would probably go look it up I don't need you you know giving me the you know, hard sell from the car dealership in my face, you know, like every two pages. Um, and, and then you get into, okay, now I've got to pick up 15 other books. So Well, and that is, things similar to that have been happening in comics since I started reading in 1970. <laughs> um, but it's, back in the 70s, it was, it felt very much like, yes, these things are happening and there's enough, interconnection that yeah we can reference this thing and maybe you'll want to go check it out but if you don't it's not going to fuck up your story here yeah the stories generally were self-contained with enough crossover that it gave a sense of a wider universe which is what i get from the marvel movies i can go see captain america the first avenger and there's enough there that if i haven't seen the avengers uh, maybe i want to go check that out but it's not going to make it impossible for me to understand yeah. So it's much more of a 60s, 70s, yep, it's a big old world, but these are, if not one and done, self-contained story. I mean, obviously, as a movie, it's a one and done. Uh, I'm thinking more decompressed, two or three issue stories from the, the comics in the 70s. But somewhere after Contest of Champions and Secret War, once we started to get into crossovers, and it became an every X number of months, okay, we need another crossover, and part of that is... It is this giant story that's going to encompass everything and we need to plot how it fits through everything. It almost feels like writers have been trained and companies have been trained. The continuity is this is one story. Every title ties into it and ties into it a different way and we'll plug this here and this here and this here. And it's it's never executed that way. I mean, just the Batman title since New 52. Oh, God. We've, when, when Damian Wayne was killed, you could look at... Um, Batman, which said, uh, I think this is a good time to do zero year and just pretend this isn't happening to, yeah, to, to the Batman and formerly Batman and Robin title where Batman is almost psychotic, trying to find a way to bring Robin back to life to, uh, Batman, the dark Knight, where uh, during a panel, he looks at the floor upset and then goes, try to find, the girl he's been banging that hasn't been referenced in any of the any Batman either. titles. Yeah, now that's not to say you, they, you can't do that well. I, right. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out an example of something I thought they did pretty well, which was the death of the family 
arc. Um, I had never, I, I will occasionally pick up a Batman book, very occasionally, but I had never bought Nightwing. I have never bought Harley Quinn, God help me. I have <laughs> never bought any of those other books. I've never had any interest. But that storyline, that throughput, where they were running this, this thread through all these books, I actually bought almost every one of those books through that series because it was, it made sense. Yeah, right? the, the way they put it together and spun it off across all the characters. Because it was an event. Felt right? like it held together. It was and, an event. It yeah. wasn't you're just reading along, oh, by the way, go read War and Peace to understand what I'm saying, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah death of the family. The family has many members. They have many different single issues. The many titles. members. I hear Dick Grayson has four dicks. <laughs> that was that was beneath me, and I wow. apologize. Well, you warned us ahead of time there would be dick jokes. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we all need to take a moment and drink. <laughs> Pause for liquor. But, uh, so has has digital affected your interest in looking at any of these? Because now all these backstories, I mean. And probably not. I've known you guys for a long time. You know how we feel about digital. It's There's a time and a place for it, and that place is, sadly, at San Diego Comic-Con, where you can't find a new comic book to save your fucking soul because nobody hauls them out there. They know anybody going to Comic-Con is going to go home and get their take. Right. Nobody's there to buy a new book. Really? Yeah. I was going to say when I was on the toilet. That's that's where there's but a time I'm, and a well, place. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Good night. And that was not beneath me. <laughs> no, not yet. But uh, No, I... I I have not bought a single digital book. Uh, I work in the information technology business. Yeah, the last I, thing I need to do is work with a freaking computer just to enjoy myself. Well, but, I was going to say in that you're not Luddites looking at both no, not you and remotely. Pixie Sticks. Right. you got a tablet here in case you need something off the Internet yeah. while we're talking. We've so. got like seven tablets in the house. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's that's not the thing. Uh, my my concerns are the same as, you know, the ones that you've voiced, the whole concept that most people are not grasping yet of owning versus licensing. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have um a Comixology account, but virtually everything that I've purchased through them has been one of their free offers. Um I think there are maybe two or three things that I've paid for because it's one book that I missed that it was gonna be another six months before it went into a reprint. Um beyond that yeah, I I haven't invested because I want to know that I'm going to own it and I'm going to be able to back it up, and it's not just a license. If you want me to license it and just rent it, fine, but I want to pay a rental price. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> it, it it is what it it has. There's a time and a place for it. I, I really have a problem with new books being full price. You know, for some of these older arcs, but even then, it's one of those things. It's not, I can get these ten year old books, you know, or 30-year-old books that uh, everybody should read if you're a comic fan. I can get them for a buck a piece. Or I can walk down to my local comic store where they know me by name and ask me to stop going up to their microphone and pour beer into it for the cheap sound Talking effect. Talking to people about your multiple members. Yeah. So, but uh, And I can get a, a DC showcase or a Marvel Essentials, you know, printed on shitty newsprint, but it's 10 bucks for 50 issues worth of shit. I mean, at this point, we got a whole shelf of a bookshelf full of those things that's right yeah. two of those volumes are dazzler and that's your fucking fault but <laughs> i will stand by those books except maybe the end the scenty ones <laughs> yeah no i mean it's it, you know you're right because it, at, at some point these companies are going back and digitally archiving their own stuff and yeah. so they're saying hey oh wow while we're doing this let's make a buck uh or 20 you know yeah um yeah 
you know, it's it's one thing if it's something special, you know, like the Miracle Man reissues. Um, that's something, yep. you know. I know, I know, you're getting porked in the ass with these reissues because yeah. now everyone can read the story without having to shell out ridiculous amounts of money to find the story. Yeah. But yeah, you, you know, know, the year I spent finding those issues, I had more goddamn fun. I'll stand by it. <laughs> no, I agree, but and that's kind of you know part of the part of the allure. I'm guessing. Uh, I never found it. I, I I buy new books. I I don't spend a lot of time hunting for old stuff. Although, um, I, I did spend some time, embarrassingly enough, um, hunting through some of the old stacks at uh, a couple of different shops looking for two issues of the original Robotech series oh, that I've got also here in my long box, singular, um, that I'm missing <laughs> from my collection. If we're really being honest, it's only a half the size long box. Oh, God. It's a sh- <laughs> All right, Scottish. I think we gotta go. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> anyway, would either of you like did we more break booze? up? Do we break up a relationship here? Do we need to go? I gotta go. <laughs> uh, anyway, but, but no. To answer your question in short, I, digital has done nothing for me as a lapsed viewer coming back um, to say to to say, oh, I need to do this now because it's so convenient for me. Um, in fact, quite the opposite. Uh, just because I am familiar with the whole concept of licensing and how. Um, organizations and companies will use that to screw their customer uh intentionally or not um so i'm i'm very familiar with that practice so yeah and and that's essentially it for me too i mean i i do almost all of my um novel reading on my tablet now so i'm fine with the digital reading it's just how is it you know how is it being presented to me and here's the the weird thing that i'm i'm taking from this discussion which shows Marvel and Marvel Studios are doing the right thing. Trebuchet, you started digging your books out because of the V for Vendetta movie. Yep. And gave those to Pixie Sticks, who wanted to go to a comic store because of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics. Yeah. So it's the other mediums crossing out of or into comics. They cross oh, the let, streams. Let, yeah, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest. Comic books, even today, as much as, we, you know, as, much as things like the Avengers... And these movies are hitting the mainstream. Comic books themselves are not mainstream. They're still the butt of jokes on The Big Bang Theory. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? I want to watch it's, that fucking show. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's it's not, you know, it's not, you know, you use the, you know, the island. My mom and dad have an iPad, but you know what? They're not going to buy comic books. I might be able to drag them to the movie. They're not going to have comic books. So it, it is still a very specific audience and... The crossovers are great, and it's great for the industry because it does pull in new viewers. I, mean, I guarantee you, there's a lot of kids that never had come. You, you know, the, the days of walking through the supermarket and seeing the spinner rack. Oh, look, Superman! Those are long gone. That oh, doesn't yeah. exist anymore. So the only way you're going to get them into the stores is with the crossover stuff, is the movies, and yeah. and they have been doing a great job of it because solely because they started respecting the material. Yeah. You know, you go back a few years, you look at the abortions that they put out on, on film. I'm um, just remembering the Nicholas Hammond Spider-Man oh. TV series with a web shooter shot, 10,000-pound <laughs> cable. Roger Corman, Fantastic Four. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, they started respecting the material, and I want to say it started with Iron Man, but that's not true. It, it, it That was really the first mainstream of the movies that said, you know what, we're going to attract a bigger audience here. It, well, it the, goes back. I mean, you start looking at the you, and much as it wasn't that good, that good, 
you know, the Ang Lee Hulk. You know, it wasn't that good, but it was better than anything we'd seen since Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, say, I, I'd argue of the modern age, X-Men was really the right yeah. the Brian Singer stuff. Yeah. Definitely because um, yeah, you're right. It respected the the characters. It didn't try to make it um campy. It didn't try to make it wink wink. It was it took itself seriously. Well, there was just enough in there that was a nod to we know the source material. So when Wolverine is questioning the uniforms and right. Cyclops makes exactly. the comment about what do you think we were going to be like yellow leotards? Or... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It was enough for the people who had been there. Yeah. But it also was it was was uh took itself seriously enough that the new the the new customers um could kind of, you know, stick with it. And it didn't talk down, I guess, is the other one. It didn't, it didn't assume knowledge, uh which was tough as someone who knew yeah, the backstory. And that that's always the trick, but it it did a good job of 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 kind of bringing you in and letting you know what's what. I don't know. All I know is I think I'm the only person who will cop <laughs> on the internet. I like that line. You know what happens to a toad when it's hit by lightning? <laughs> that, and I will defend to the death Dolph Lundgren as Punisher. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't, not, actually, no, I don't think I'm I ever sorry. saw it. Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane was pretty good. He was good. That he, movie sucked. No, he was no, really no. Good no. At. That movie is better than it gets credit for because there's a lot that's actually very respectful of the Garth Ennis Punisher. Yes. Yes. I agree, but it, but it does break that tenant that we were talking about about bringing in the new person. Yeah, because it was a little over the top without really you had to you had to go a lot on faith. Faith. Uh, There's why, that word again. I know why <laughs> the why the character is the way the character is, and it was a little cartoony. Right, but you know, but you take you, you, you <laughs> talk about Thomas Jane that short that's out there. Of now the that Punisher, was awesome. That was pitch fucking perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of thing they need to start rolling with. And I guarantee you, if that movie, if the Punisher movie was made five years later, that's what it would look like. Probably. Yeah. All right. So the, the takeaway is if you want get if you want to get people to read comics. Make good movies. You need to keep making good movies and pray that somebody will then go to a well, comic so store good movies and i think some of of the television shows also have helped for example the walking dead <laughs> nice <laughs> right that, that's the best segue we've ever done and it was the most ham-fisted segue ever recorded in human history <laughs> i'm gonna drop this mic and walk off the stage <laughs> that's right you've, Boom! you've dropped some science on this <laughs> All right, but actually, at first, and this is just uh, because I've known Trevor Shea for so the first comic, uh, when we get to this, I want to talk about, and I, I just sort of want to get your impressions of it, um, because it is very much a book that's in the middle of an arc, and you've missed a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, Uber number 14, written by Kieran Gillen, uh, art by Gabriel Andrade, uh, this is supposedly toward the end of a little mini two or three issue, believe it or not, uh resting period in between giant battle sequences of these yes yeah, superhumans which is why I, I know you like war comics and are not a big fan of superhero comics so this seemed like a good mix of well give this a shot and see what you think nice and so, you've never seen this before today right and i've never seen this before two and a half hours ago yeah <laughs> so um yeah i mean in this issue it is uh the aftermath of uh Hitler has been assassinated by one of the uh, battleship superhumans. Uh, he's trying to hide it. There's a certain amount of 
he's been found out and uh, there's a battle between a couple of them trying to deal with the aftermath of it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the British, desperate in a power struggle after Winston Churchill's been murdered uh, by one of the German battleships, uh, in a sequence you would have really liked, but that's a different issue, uh, try to activate a new superhuman, and it turns out it's not necessarily as easy as one would think based on certain evidence, uh, with a big twist ending that turns the very first page, which I thought would grab the hell out of you. Um, nice. So I, I just want to get your sense of it. I, it's a superhero comic, but not really. Well, see, and, and it's, it's got a ton of continuity that you don't fucking know about. No, none. And th- this is the interesting. This is this is a conversation that Rob and I have been having since 1986. Very probably. Uh, I don't like superheroes. I'm not a fan. Um, I just I I find them to be generally speaking overwrought overpowered and oh wow that's nice it it borders on fantasy that said um (laughs) what i do like is the more modern twist on that um i like the tortured soul i like the um the the humanizing i guess is the right word you you like emo (laughs) i I like emo superman emo and a leotard write that one down that's called positive Otherwise known as Tuesdays. Uh, <laughs> Must be Tuesdays. Um, no, that's Leather Night, but go on. Oh, shit. Let me get that. Um, no. I, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. A, a more emotionally based as opposed to uh, the straight, stereotypical adolescent power Right. Big, you know, more the big blue Boy Scout, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Um, I, li- I, like, I like my heroes to have flaws. Um, that said, you know, one of my favorite books, one of my favorite groups was, um, Rising Stars, the, the Straczynski book, yep. because it was just so like, okay, these are people, you know what I mean? It's not, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Cool. I am awesome. Um, it was just like, holy fuck, what is happening to me? You know, that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, to your point, um, the one issue of this um, this book Uber that I've read is actually is interesting. Uh, if nothing else, I am also a World War II geek. Um, <laughs> I really um, I, my favorite class in in junior high school was the history of World War II. Um, <laughs> I remember you telling me about that when you were twenty two. Yeah, I know, and just got out. I know. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good eight years. Yeah. Um, but you know that that's when you know history and in specifically that period in time is is one of my other little geek uh, things I like to latch onto. I mean, I mean the History Channel is perpetually on in my uh, in my house. And he's perpetually correcting them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they weren't wrong, um, but you, know, you don't what, open up a storage locker like that. You're a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a P fifty one. You fucking moron. It's a P forty Warhawk. God, I can't watch this piece of shit. Sorry. <laughs> And, anyway, we're talking about comic And that books. brings us through the Michael Bay Pearl Harbor, which <laughs> never mind. Um anyway. I, I, anyway, back to one of the one of the things that um I really kind of dig on is these alternate history things too. When you start talking about World War II, and one of the biggest objects of conje- conjecture out there is if Hitler had been assassinated um in the movie the Tom Cruise movie, um, Valkyrie. the Valkyrie movie that came out um, which was an actual event. If he had been assassinated at that point, would World War II have ended differently? It, because he was supposedly the, the the general theory is he was not this military strategist that everybody thinks he was. He was lucky. Um, yeah. 
would the people who actually knew what the fuck they were doing have taken over the Reich and kicked a lot of ass? And would things have ended very differently? And that that's one of those really interesting alt history things. Sure. So. So yes, you got my attention with the <laughs> Fuhrer surviving an assassination attempt here and killing Winston Churchill and blah blah blah, blah and all that stuff like that. Um, so it is an interesting premise, and and to be honest with you, I will probably follow up on it. Okay, <laughs> all right, my mission was accomplished. The first trade is out, which I would lend you, but I bought it at some point, and then we went to a bar. I have no idea where the fuck it is, nice. but but so, uh, literally, I brought it. It's like, God damn it. I'm reading it this yeah. week, and I knew you'd be on the show. It's I will. Like, I will um, if there's a superhero book that will hook you in, it'd be this one. Yeah, I'll, I will. Um, when we go down to get our books this week, I, I at the the comic store where they know my name, and well, they don't and tell ask me you to, not to come back. <laughs> no, no, they treat me rather pleasantly. They they don't. I don't, you know, I don't know what your problem is. Um, Apparently, you wear pants a little more consistently than I do. I try. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go look this one up and see if I can find the uh, find the trade and check it out. All right, all right. My work here is done. Fuck you, people. Oh no, wait. You got a couple more books to talk. Drop about. the mic, so, <laughs> please. These are they're not expensive mics, but I don't have any more. Don't we drop the mic? All right. So you did the only decent segue we've done. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> um. So yes, Walking Dead one twenty eight. Robert Kirkman, uh, Charlie Adlard, art as usual. You want to bring us up to speed, Amanda? Okay. So. A group of survivors has been taken into the fold, and Andrea is interrogating them to see if their stories check out. The leader of their group is oddly reminiscent of a young Rick, distrustful of the seemingly utopia society, wants to talk to the new people in the in this community Rick has set up. D-cup breasts. I didn't look that closely. <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. But uh, she she wants to see. It, it's it's kind of funny. It's like uh, it, it reminded me a little bit of when um, the first couple of folks that left the prison showed up in the governor's. Actually, it's the TV Andrea <laughs> and right. others showed up in the the governor's little utopia, um, and and the the two two folks from the prison that came with her, or the, I don't remember they came in separately but they were a little distrustful of what was going on right um that reminded me of that a bit <clears throat> so i wonder what kind of factor they're gonna add to this meanwhile everything seems to be hunky-dory like rick's got his shit together he's letting carl finally go off to be on the hill and learn a trade uh negan continues to languish under the stairs <laughs> like the dog he is um yeah it Overall, I mean, it's it's a a lot of little things happened, but not a lot of big things happened. Okay, now uh, we've all read this issue, right? No, you didn't. I have read exactly one Walking Dead comic book. I know your your eyes are stabbing me. I watched. My eyes the TV are only stabbing show. you because I told you to read the fucking book before we did the show. Okay, so dude. you didn't sound like an asshole. Thirty something years. When have I listened to you? No, no I guess it's a good point. I but... breezed it. There, there might um, have been something in I, here historical that was screwed up that no, you could have see, railed against. See, Andrea's dead. Um, Glenn is perfectly alive at the moment. On um, the television show. Well, yeah, that's all that exists for me. <laughs> the sun always shines on TV. You're living the aha. I know. <laughs> I, I read the books and Whereas I keep him she, apprised of the differences. Right. And she okay. doesn't watch the show as regularly as I do. Okay. So so you're useless to me, Trebuchet, because I had a question about... This is not a new condition. Did anybody 
who read the book get kind of a Stepford Wives, Twin Peaks, everything's nice. Everything's just sort of working out. Yes, we have bread now. And, oh, there are just little relationship problems. And it's just a little too fucking normal. Well, I think for me, I I was happy for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> okay. Um, well, first of all, I as many people were, I am just so done with Negan. And I was I was actually so disappointed to see in one twenty seven that he was still alive that I contemplated not picking up the next book. Um yeah, Negan has been a pile of shit, and he was a problem for a year and a half. Yeah. He just kept coming and was the same, firing his mouth off, and you know, it would seem to... Twi- I, I agree with you, but uh, yeah, I'll I, come back to that. I have a, a, a prediction about where this is going to go based on the last couple of pages here, um, that the, the new people don't seem very trustful. They seem like they're on the lookout for what's wrong, what's... You know, this is too good to be true. What's going on? Um, I don't know if you'd like me to present my theory, but sure, <laughs> do it. I feel like they are going to somehow stumble upon Negan and not understand who he is or what he has done, and he's going to turn everything around on Rick's community that they're the bad guys. And I don't know what's going to come of that. I certainly hope not, but because I hope didn't it's we not just another two-year arc uh, of? His fucking ass. Well, I, then I'll, I'll turn to the guy watching the TV show. Didn't we just get that with the governor in the TV show last season? We did, but they they just they dispatched with it relatively quickly. Yes. Okay. So, I, I suppose it's possible Kirkman found something in the writers' room and said, "I would like to explore that more more fully." That's a possibility. Well, we might see like the dark underbelly of this is yeah, Negan somehow turns them. They stir some shit up for a couple of issues, and then they're all quickly dispatched. Yeah. So like, they've still got that steel in there. Like you know, if you screw with us. We end you. <laughs> See, it's it's possible, but I just I, I got weird hints out of this from Rick completely changing his look and people in this issue, uh, Carl's buddy going, you know, wow, your dad sleeps here. That, Jesus, if that was a friend of mine, your dad sleeps. At, yeah. And he shits down the hall. And if you give me ten dollars, I'll let you sniff it. I'd, <laughs> and then. The, the the weird thing around Carl, you know what I do, and it just turns out it's, no, it's a nice, normal, you know, a nice boy in a nice, small town. Would, of course he would whittle. They're just It feels like a surface, everything is nice, Mayberry, with stuff going on under the hood. It's, What's in the bread? What's well, in the bread? All right, that's probably too far, but, you know, the, the interrogation of the new people that's feels a little odd for andrea and they just keep hammering at it and granted they've been through some stuff so i don't necessarily blame that but it it it, if just with the time jump and suddenly everything's nice what corners did they cut what's there's something to tame an entire community like this in what was the time jump a year two two years. years yeah just all right what the hell did you guys do I just, I get a, and granted I'm a big Twin Peaks fan, so maybe I'm just a fan of, you know, Lynchian, you know, there's the surface and then there's what's really going on. I'm wondering if there really isn't a secret going on. I'm wondering if this isn't the beginning of the end of Rick Grimes with maybe a new set of heroes to start over because 
a zombie story about a friendly community where everybody gets along and there's just a few walkers you have to deal with, they'll cancel this fucking book in a year. That's boring as shit. A year? Well, <laughs> as long as the show goes on and The Walking Dead reprints are you know, well, eight of the top ten books. Well, they thing on forever. Yeah. Yeah, they did, and I don't want to see Negan come back, certainly, but I don't know. It just it, I'm wondering if there isn't... And it's hard for me to articulate. It just felt like, yeah, this this doesn't seem right. I think, uh, well, and it, as you know, I missed um, I missed issue one twenty six, so I might be missing a few pieces. But I don't know the the hilltop and the kingdom. They all seemed, you know, like they were good with Rick's community. So they were all allies. There's no issues there. Um, maybe a little bit of tension, but nothing, you know, like. Well- uh, I will. Group. I will tell you, we have not seen the hilltop since the time jump. So that's another thing I'm wondering: is you know, okay, I'll send you to the hilltop. Is something going on at the hilltop? Right. Um, you know, but what what happened with Negan's compound and those people? I think a lot of them feared Negan. I think a lot of them would be happy that he's gone and that they can now live in a more you know normal situation, as normal as you can in this world. Um. But there have to be some people there that are not happy about this turn of events. And we haven't heard anything from them. True. That's possible. Is haters going to hate? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, this is a weird issue for me. It's, yeah, face value, not a lot happened here. There was the one action sequence of, you know, the, the, on the horse trying to run down other horses with a, a single zombie attack. But it was you know, people talking and, yep, everything seems perfectly nice. It just, and maybe I'm projecting. It feels like no, maybe there really is something that we haven't seen in two years that really. Well, I think you're gonna you're gonna either react to it like you did, or you're going to maybe fall on where I did, where it's like I'm happy for them finally. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, things seem okay, and and these people are going to screw things up for them. (laughs) Well, and that's fine, except the. Yes, uh, that would be a legitimate yeah, arc, and it's possible. Um, but then we're going to have to learn something about them to make that make satisfying story sense. Well, the one thing they yeah. did reference was the last place they were was supposedly some nursing home, and everything was going well there until things didn't go well there. So what happened at that nursing home? Right. Okay. And whose fault was it? That's that. That's the question. I mean, there are a lot of questions that aren't answered here. What's happened at the hilltop? What are they doing at the hilltop? You know, who are these people? What's really happened in the last couple of years? You know, I I saw enough darkness in this that uh, maybe this is, you know, it, it will go to the, the dark night. You either die the hero or you live long enough. Yeah. And we've seen the governor and we've seen Negan. Is it Rick's turn? That might be interesting. I think honestly, plus he's plus he's got an artificial arm. He's turning into Darth Vader. Oh, <laughs> nice. I gotta start reading that. <laughs> I had sorry. a little bit more trouble buying Carl calling Andrea mom after two years versus yeah that the community everything was all hunky dory. I mean that just seemed it was like he's been through a lot, and well, he, now he's gonna call her mom. I don't know. He's very fixated now on sword making too, yes. but that might just be he's a teenager. Well, <laughs> and and that may play out into when we see what's really going on at the hilltop, uh, you know, is it a mask of sanity? You know, he murdered that 
kid on the road who he thought was dangerous. He's got a long, dangerous history. He is trying very much to look like a normal kid. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's gone full Bundy. <laughs> nice. Never go full Bundy. <laughs> I want to write that down. So, <laughs> that's another possibility. Here's a life lesson, kids. Yeah. But, so to, did everybody enjoy the issue? I think it, it sounds yeah. like we did. I enjoyed it. I think we all enjoyed it for different reasons and see definitely different things on the horizon, but not a bad issue. No. That said, you, you can't string along just sort of, you know, oh, what's it, it's the kind of issue, yeah, you can do this once or twice, and some shit better start happening. Yes. Uh, I don't want another year and a half of, oh, Jesus, can we just be done with this? Right. Particularly since Negan will be the fucking one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at at Comic-Con, it will have been two full years at least we've been dealing with that fucker. Because that's when Pixie Sticks, you did the review of uh, Walking Dead 100 100. because we couldn't get our hands on it. But, all right, so last one we wanted to talk about, um, The United States of Murder Incorporated 2, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, uh, with art uh, Michael Avon Oming. Um, Now... Trebuchet, Pixie, had, had you guys seen the first issue of this? Are you familiar with this at all? Nope. No. Not even a little. Okay. So uh, in this particular issue, um, it is the continuation of uh, issue one. Uh, the mafia has control over a big part of the eastern seaboard. <coughs> Excuse me. A newly made guy. Uh, Valentine Gallo uh, has just become made. Uh, is sent on an errand to Congress, which he thinks he's just delivering a briefcase. Turns out the briefcase is a bomb. Uh, Bomb explodes, kills the senator. They escape back to mob-controlled territory. Nobody knows who actually put the bomb in the briefcase. So, and at the end of the first issue, uh, Valentine found out from his mother that uh, she is an undercover FBI agent. He was born into this situation, specifically... Bred as a human being to be an inside guy to take down the mob. Uh, that's all he knows about it. That's all he was told about it in this particular issue. There's more fallout going on from the bomb. Uh, they meet the Don, who swears he knows nothing about it, um, and entrusts him and uh, the hit woman who was partnered with him. Who was partnered with him to keep an eye on him for the delivery to find out who did this. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Valentine's mother is putting pressure on him to turn rat that relationship goes kind of sideways and we end with an attack on the hit woman uh with valentine having told his mother you know no i will be with uh, i'm a made guy fuck you you've lied to me my whole life he just sounds (coughs) yeah so you guys had not read anything before this you know did you get anything from this? Enjoy it at all? Go, huh? I like the art. I'm a fan of the the uh, coloring. It's a very simple color scheme. There's a lot of black and white, and then there's a lot of tritone pages. So it's just a little bit different in that manner. Yeah, and I, I think Oming's art is really good for a story like this, which really kind of amounts to almost a 40s pulp supervillain who won. You know, the mobs have taken over. Yeah, it's very old school mafia. Yeah. So, so yeah, sort of that pulpy, simple look with yeah, simple colors, a simple palette. I, I I think it's a really good look for this kind of big mafia story. 
Yeah, no, it was interesting. I, I it's not my usual, uh, not my usual kind, but nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, um, <laughs> I kind of have a librarian thing going on. <laughs> um, uh, it was. Int- I'm not usually a mob um, story uh, kind of guy. It was. Uh, it was an interesting uh, take. I didn't have um, in my read through. I didn't. I didn't have a lot of the connections. Um, so actually, a couple of the things you just said in the description uh, kind of that, pulled some things into clarity for that's, me. That's kind of why I, I went back to the first issue because yeah, if you guys hadn't seen it, <clears throat> you're not going to necessarily understand who blew up a senator. And... Yeah, I said, what? <laughs> um, it was interesting. I, I did like the um, uh, the flashback stuff. They handled that very well, um, visually and story wise. Um, yeah, the, the I mean, tritone the black and white was was easy to to. Not knowing the story, it was easy to understand intuitively where in time things were. Yeah, it's a visual storytelling uh, tool. It was really clear what was fas- flashback, what was current. Uh, you know, the whole and there's there's spoilers here. We spoil everything, but <laughs> do we? You know, we're ruiners. I haven't <laughs> heard that. But uh, yeah, the whole uh, the mafia killed Jack Kennedy. Uh, that goes back to. You know, years and years. People still talk about yeah. that. Using that as sort of the catalyst you know, to sort of imply, why don't we just tell everybody we did it and nobody will fuck with us to get to a point where maybe the mafia has the Northeast under their control. Okay, I can... It would need to be something big like that, and that's big enough in the popular consciousness that that I can buy why Bendis chose to do that. Yeah. Um. The one thing that bothered me was... Valentine's mother is a stereotypical Italian mother <laughs> as seen by a Jewish writer from middle America who's only ever seen Godfather movies. Nice. I mean, my my mother's side of the Italian uh, of the family is uh, Sicilian. The way he had his mother, you know, constantly, what? You said something I don't agree with? Smack across the face. Oh, you, you, you don't want to do what I want? Smack her. That shit doesn't happen. But they happen. do exist. I work with one of them. Because <laughs> she tells me all the time about what she did to her kid. <laughs> well, that's just child abuse. No, no. She couches it in such a way that I don't have to say anything as a mandated child abuse recorder. Oh, that's <laughs> smart. Of course there are individual people like that in the world, but... <laughs> it looks like he took it straight out of Goodfellas no, or the right. way Henry's you're father right. beat the shit out of him. It's Yeah, I, I honestly didn't pick up that that was what they were talking about when they said that he was made, that his mom was a CIA agent. Um, I I pictured her as the Goodfellas yeah. you know, <laughs> wife. Yeah, I... You know, which uh, which is kind of an interesting characterization choice. You know, she's not a stand-up fed. She's still this, you know, mama stereotype. Well, right. she implies she was born into it as well at the end, which makes makes you wonder how far back this goes. Yeah, but it's it, it felt a little, you know, okay. It, granted, this is a pulpy story, and I don't know why I could... Uh, okay, the assassination of Jack Kennedy. Of course that was the mafia. That makes sense to me, but... You know, oh, Jesus, really? Mom, just that's her answer to everything? Here's a smack and you'll do what I say? I mean, And her name's Mandana. That's the best you could come up with, yeah. Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I grew up, not grew up, but that side of my family is just, I never saw that shit. It's just like, <laughs> oh, come on, dude. But, um, yeah, I, I still like the ongoing mystery of it. You know, 
who actually did this? Who can you trust? You know, that's half the strength of any mafia story is somebody's talking to the cops. Somebody's getting ready to whack somebody, and there's definitely enough of that undertone of menace flat out brought up with they're, oh, they're going to whack us or they're not. Um, yeah, I like her. That Jagger Rose character, I like her. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it, as a good pulpy, what would have happened at the end of Godfather 2 if instead of shutting off the camera, Michael Corleone stood up and just kept amassing power? <laughs> You know, it's the mob movie that never ends. It's the Walking Dead of mob <laughs> stories. Yeah, it's. I think it's got some potential. But there's definitely just crime story mob movie stereotypes in there. As long as he actually continues to put it out on a regular basis. The, the, the biggest problem with yes. Bendis is that oftentimes you know, we won't see the next one for six months because he's got eight other things going on. Yeah, if he's got an 18-issue plan for this, it'll wrap up just in time for Avengers 4 or something. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, as soon as I saw on the cover from the creator of Powers, I'm like, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll wait it's, for the trade. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's a significant problem with Bendis' creator-owned books, because he does it with all of them. Uh, Brilliant got, what, four issues, finally? Yeah. Uh, Scarlet, we're still... He undertakes these grand projects, uh, but still, the, the guy's writing 226 Marvel books a month. <laughs> At the rate of, like, one action per issue, too. So it's it's not even like there's a lot going on that's complicated in those books. It's yeah, I mean, uh, of panels of two guys talking, he's got Madison Square Garden having a conversation every month. And that's fine because he does great dialogue, and I like it. Half of this book is two people talking in various places or forms or combinations. Wait, wait, Bendis did a talking heads thing? I know. It's hard to believe, but he, he did, in fact, do it. But... But, it, yeah, it's a legitimate problem. The guy just doesn't follow through. I respect that he's like, oh, I'll always do creator-own. Well, he won't always finish creator-own. <laughs> See, now I like the book less, because I'm never going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that. There's hope. There's there's Have always faith. There's Have always faith. hope. The, the longer <laughs> I, I follow Valentine Gallo, finding out whether or not he, he rats, for the maf- rats against the mafia, I, I don't find out what happened to Scarlet. <laughs> Who was just starting a revolution just 24 short months ago, and I don't know what the fuck happened after that. They advertised, I think, number three in the back of this. Bullshit. We'll never see it again. I'll get it to you for your 50th. Says it's on sale now. Yeah, the trade. Bendis, Bendis, the only thing Bendis does better than talking heads is whore his other books in the back of his other books. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, I enjoyed it, and now I've lost hope I'll ever find out what fucking happens. <laughs> Thanks. I'm really glad I talked to you guys today. I'm right. glad. <laughs> Me too. This is actually fun. So, so yeah, we'll we'll have to do this again, but I don't know. Unless anybody, we've covered everything I think we intended to talk about. We just crossed the hour and a half mark. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I haven't had a cigarette in an hour and a half, and I'm out of beer. Uh-oh. So. Stay tuned for part two. Yeah. <laughs> The Screaming DTs. <laughs> Don't write that one down. We're going to need that for, for one where I have to go two hours without. I managed to not make an electric boogaloo joke. I think people should give me props for that. That that was excellent work. <laughs> that was top shelf. Don't yuck my yum. Damn it! <laughs> uh, that's an inside joke. <laughs> and to find it out, you should listen to our old podcast, which, as of, as of this week, 
Uh, we can be found on iTunes. Uh, we iTunes, you sell out. Well, oh, I, I'm sorry. I know, but says uh, the man who bought an Apple computer. <laughs> yeah, this entire podcast is brought to you by the fine folks from Cupertino. <laughs> but uh, yes, we can be found on iTunes. Uh, we can be found on the uh, the Windows uh, Windows Phone Seven and Eight Store. Uh, so it's beginning to get out there. If you find us on iTunes. You know, shoot us a rating or uh, give a review. Uh, whether you like the show or there's stuff you you want us to try, we're making this shit up as we go along. So eh, we want to hear what people like and don't like. Um, uh, our home base, as always, is crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Uh, I always forget what our Twitter handle is. At Infinite Midlife. At Infinite Midlife. Um, Midlives. Midlife. Midlives. <laughs> go to crisisoninfinitemidlives.com and press the big Twitter <laughs> button and you don't find our Twitter. <laughs> That should work. It should. Oh, in, yeah, it's infinite midlife. Our shit's tight. We, we know exactly what we're doing. We're going to take it up. We're going to take over the world. Wow. So I'm guessing I'm not getting paid. Uh, we brought you meat. The fuck do you want? Sausage, no less. Yes. Artisanal. Artisanal. Artisanal sausage. tube steak. Uh, all right. So. That is another episode of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show in the can. I want to thank our guests, Trebuchet and Pixie Sticks, and we'll definitely do this again. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm Rob. And I'm Anna. And uh, thanks for listening, and uh, Ender. <laughs> I gave you all the goddamn tube steak, and this is how you front me? Just saying. <laughs>